Sometimes I feel like he is, but he doesn't. Everything is all right in God's hands. Thank you, gentlemen. Open your Bibles again to Genesis chapter uh, 24, and I'm going to preach the second uh, half of the message that I preached uh, the first half of this morning. And the very purpose of the message is uh, the truth tonight. Uh, those that just heard the morning message basically heard the introduction to what I want to preach tonight, and I believe it will be worth your coming. I'm preaching tonight on this subject, the gifts are for the bride. The gifts are for the bride, and all the brides said amen. The gifts are for the bride. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless the preaching of your word tonight. I ask, Lord, to be spirit-filled. I ask, Lord, to, to deliver the truth in such a way that could be first understood and then, Lord, to be applied to our life. It would be a wonderful bonus if we could so hear it that we could repeat it that others may know the joy and experience of the truth in their lives. I pray that you would help us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. In this wonderful and dramatic story of Abraham sending his servant to look for a bride for his son Isaac, we learn many wonderful things. We learn not only is Abraham a very wealthy father, but he is looking for a bride by way of his servant, and the servant has all of the wealth of Abraham in his hand and in his control. And he has those gifts to give to the bride. There are four main characters as we learned this morning in the story. Abraham who represents God the Father who is looking for a bride for his son. His son is Jesus and the bride is the church. And I'm glad to be a part of the bride of Christ. Abraham's servant uh, represents the Holy Spirit. And the servant is not named. And it's interesting as you study the behavior of the servant. Never does he talk about himself. He only talks about the master. And you'll find that the work and office of the Holy Spirit in the Bible is not to magnify himself. Though he is powerful, that Holy Spirit power is the power that raised Jesus from the dead. But everything you find about the Holy Spirit is only a description of what he does to bring glory and honor to the Father. Now the Father has many names. He has the name Elohim. He has the name Jehovah. Uh, he has the name Adonai, uh, which means Master, El Shaddai, which means Lord God Almighty. Jehovah Jireh, which is a provider, and there are many other names for God. I like the fact that he's King of Kings and that he is Lord of Lords. You go through the Bible and you find many wonderful names and descriptions of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Almighty and He is the Advocate. He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Jesus is the bread and He's the bridegroom. He's the chief cornerstone. He's the deliverer. He's faithful. He's the great high priest. He's the Emmanuel. He's I Am and He's faithful and He's many other things. And I'm glad Jesus is my Savior and I'm glad He is my friend. And now the Holy Spirit, uh, the Bible tells of the attributes 
but not specific names like that of the Father or of the Son. He is called the Comforter. He is called the Spirit of God, the Breath of God, the Eternal Spirit. But he always speaks of the Father. And in this story, the servant does a very good job representing Abraham. And he stays with his purpose. Would to God that churches would stay with the purpose of propagating the gospel of Jesus Christ and then making disciples of those that received Christ as Savior. Isaac, uh, he is Abraham's promised seed. A lot we can say about Abraham. Uh, he came as an impossibility. God gave Isaac in a day, in a year, in a time that Abraham and Sarah it was impossible for them to have a child, but as God, as God promised, God performed. Jesus Christ's birth was an impossibility as his mother was not conceived of man, but of the Holy Ghost of God. Jesus was born of a virgin, the sinless Son of God, and I sure am glad that he was. Rebecca is the bride, the bride-to-be of Isaac, the promised son. Rebecca represents the church and her love for uh, the groom even before she met him face to face is an example of how we ought to live our lives looking forward to seeing our blessed hope, to seeing the one that hung on Calvary's tree between heaven and earth not to pay for his sin but to pay for your sin and to pay for my sin. He had no sin, he was not guilty, he was innocent. You and I are the guilty ones and we ought to be excited about seeing him. And we ought to so live our lives as Rebecca. She followed the servant until they came face to face with Isaac. This is a beautiful story. It's a dramatic story. It's filled with great meaning and application. Abraham calls his servant and he tells him, here's the assignment. I want you to go to the homeland and I want you to get a bride for my son Isaac. It's interesting that the, uh, that the uh, servant asked, what if the bride is not willing to come? By the way, it was the choice. It was the decision. It was the will of Rebecca whether she wanted to go or not. It is your will whether you receive Christ as Savior or not. You are not predestined to heaven or predestined to hell. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And the Bible says, whosoever will. That means men and women, boys and girls, teenagers. That means anybody that will hear the gospel, whosoever will. And so we find it's interesting. He asked the story, what if she won't come? Do I take the son to her? He said, no. He said, if she won't come, you're relieved of your duty. You fulfilled your responsibility. I'm glad the Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God and it's not of works, lest any man should boast. He's the only payment for our sin. He's the only propitiation for our sin. He's the only one that can pay our sin debt. And it was by her will while others said, I think this is a good idea and I think you ought to do it but not today. Uh, you ought to wait a few days, maybe at least ten days stick around here. Uh, that's what her brother said. And by the way, uh, the devil might even tell you it's a good thing to get saved. It's a good thing to do right. Oh, but you don't have to do it today. You got days to live. Uh, you got a life to live. Enjoy life a little bit. Can I tell you something? I started enjoying life after I got born again. Uh, joy in the Christian life uh, uh, doesn't come before salvation. It comes when the burden of
of sin is rolled away and we're secure as a child of God. And so he said to the girl, he said to Rebecca, do you want to go? She said, I do and I want to go right now. And so they left. They took the camels and uh, they took the servants and they headed back toward home where Isaac was. I want to call your attention again to verse number 2. And I want you to see in verse number 2, And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house that ruled over all he had, notice that phrase, that's what I want you to see, that ruled over all he had. That ruled over all he had. Look at verse number 10. And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master and departed. For all the goods of his master were in his hand. When the servant went to the well there in Nahor, among the damsels there, it is interesting to note that Rebekah does not know this man. She does not know the wealth he controls. She does not know the purpose for which he came she don't know what's about to happen. But she not only gave him drink, she said, she said, I'll take care of the camels too until they are finished or until they are done drinking. When Rebecca accepted the invitation to go to the servant back to the land of promise to be the bride of Isaac, the gifts were hers. Now I want you to hear what I'm about to say. When she accepted becoming the bride of Isaac, every need was met from that point forward. And she's going to receive a great inheritance. She's going to be the wife of a very wealthy man who is the son of perhaps a uh, one of the wealthiest in all the world and certainly the most blessed among men of all of the world because of Abraham uh, would all the nations of the earth be blessed. And the Bible said that she would be the mother of thousands of millions. That's a lot of people. And it's happened just as God said it would. Now it's interesting to note that Abraham and Isaac had already cared for her every need and had already made provision to satisfy her every desire. I want you to take your Bibles and go to Philippians chapter 4. Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, I have learned to be content. I want you to see what he says here. In verse number 11, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Now, content means I'm satisfied that everything I need is already provided. The word content is synonym with the word contained or self-contained. You may recall me using this illustration in a sermon before uh, to say that he was content meant uh, that everything he needed to serve God was already provided. Years ago, you could rent an apartment that was not self-contained. It was just a, a room and a bedroom and there was a shared kitchen and there was even a shared restroom. 
You could buy a camper that was not self-contained. It was just basically a rolling room. And you had to stay at a campground where there was a restroom and it was a shared facility. As time went along, they advertised and said, this apartment is self-contained. That means it has hot water and cold water. That means it has a kitchen sink and a refrigerator. It has a restroom, a bathtub, and a shower. It has everything you need in a home. You don't have to go outside and share anything. It is self-contained. Campers and RVs were then advertised as self-contained. You can take them anywhere. It has cold water, hot water. It has a kitchen sink. It has a refrigerator. I read a thing this week that said, I thought my a dryer was making my clothes shrink. You ever feel like that? Come to find out it was a refrigerator. <laughs> but, this, but this RV is self-contained. Paul said, I've learned to be content or I'm, I've learned that all I need I have in Christ. Notice what he says in verse 13. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. He is my strength. Verse 19. But my God shall supply all you need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Paul said there's no need for me to fear. There's no need for me to fret. Everything I need God has provided for me to do his will. Make sure you understand that because if you apply that to doing your will you're going to go broke. Do I need to repeat that? God doesn't exist as a big vending machine in the sky to give me everything I want. He's there to give me everything I need as Abraham did to the servant to accomplish his will of getting a bride for Isaac. Now think about this. When Rebekah accepted the invitation to go back to the land, her every need was met from that point forward. I wonder when all of the other damsels heard what had happened to Rebekah, how many of them wished they had the blessings of Rebekah. I wonder how many of them wished, boy, I wish I was married to Isaac. I wish I had that nice place she lives. I wish I had all of the blessings in all of the lands of Abraham. I imagine there was a few strangers came through with camels that got their camels watered for nothing. He was just looking for a bride that one time. I wonder how many desired the blessings that she received. Now here's the message statement. Don't miss it. There are many people who seek the blessings of being the bride, but do not seek to be the bride of Christ. They want the love and the joy and the peace and the gentleness and the goodness and the meekness and the temperance and all of the things that come from the Spirit represented by the servant. They want that power of God, but they're looking for the blessing rather than looking to be the bride. Take your Bibles and go to Ephesians, I'm sorry, Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Are you with me tonight? Galatians chapter 5. I want you to go to verse number 16. Verse number 16. Galatians 6, the Bible talks about the flesh and the manifest works of the flesh and it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Verse 16, this I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Look at verse 22. If we walk in the Spirit, here's the result. 
But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law or there is no limitation. There's no speed limit. There's no limit on how much love or joy or peace you can have. It is limitless. It's all that Abraham had. It's all that Isaac had. It's all that the Father had. And it's all that uh, the Lord Jesus has. And we're joint heirs. Don't get too excited now. We're joint heirs with Christ. So all that the Father has, he's given to the Son. When I become the bride... The gifts are for the bride. When, Rebe when Rebecca agreed to go with the servant to be the bride of Isaac, she received every gift that Abraham the father and Isaac the son and the servant spirit had for her. Do you know there are many Christians there looking for joy? Joy is not what you look for. Joy is for the journey of serving Him. Now listen to me. Her journey, she didn't say to, uh, she didn't say to the servant, do you have any idea of how I could have joy? Well, I'm going to be the bride of the wealthiest man in the world. Do you know if there's any way I could just find peace in my heart to marry this man who's been promised, to, his father has been promised to be the father of a great nation. What do you mean? Where could she find peace? If she didn't have joy and peace then, she wasn't going to have any peace. Listen, her journey was not to find joy. Her journey included joy to do the will of the father. Her journey in, in, included peace uh, as she was doing the will of the Father. Uh, you and I do not work to get the fruit of the Spirit. We just walk in the Spirit. We yield to the journey. The servant said, your brother wants you to stay here at least 10 days. What do you want to do? She said, I want to go right now. And as she yielded and said, I want to go right now. And the servant talked about Isaac the whole way home. In fact, you remember this morning, uh, she saw Isaac or she saw a man out there working and she got close and she said, who is that? Ah, he said, that's him. That's Isaac. Boy, she took that veil and she put it on. She's ready for the ceremony right then. She said, I better get dressed. We're going to have a wedding. Now, 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 hear what I'm about to tell you. You and I don't work to get the fruit of the Spirit. We just yield to the journey, and that's what the Father gives for the journey. I'm not on a journey to find joy. I have joy in the journey. I'm not on a journey to try to find peace. I have peace in the journey. We want to manufacture we want to produce the products of the Holy Spirit like we would produce the works of the flesh. It doesn't work that way. It won't work that way. Many are fooling themselves into thinking they have peace and joy and love and all of it with the twist of words and with poetry and the power of positive thinking. Friend, that's not how it works. The way it works is you yield to the servant, which is the Holy Spirit. Uh, she didn't say, I think I'll go this way and you go that way. Uh, no, sir. She just said, whichever way you're going, I'm going because you know how to get to the Father. 
You know how to get to Isaac. You know how to get to the groom. I'm walking with you. And when I get up in the morning, I'm going to say, I'm not going my own way. I'm walking with the Spirit. The Spirit knows the will of the Father. The Spirit knows how to get to where He is. I want to be in the Spirit. And as I walk in the Spirit, I'm not looking for joy. I have joy while I'm journeying. I'm not looking for peace. I'm not looking for happiness. I already have that. That's provided for the journey. Many fool themselves into this positive thinking. You just get up in the morning and yield to the Spirit. And as you walk in the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is fulfilled in your life. She left her home and family. She left her will and work. She followed the servant to be the bride of Isaac. He said, I got some things I want you to have as we're going. I'm going to tell you about Isaac. I want to tell you about Abraham. I want to tell you about the covenant. Well, you talk about joy and peace and happiness and, and all of these things were in her life on the journey. She didn't say, you think I'll be happy when I get there? Honey, you can be happy right now on the journey. Some folks are going to shout when they get to heaven, and I imagine you are. I'm going to shout when I get to heaven, but I've decided to shout on the way. I'm not going to be saved. I am saved. I'm not going to be the child of God. I am the child of God. I'm not just going to have a home in heaven. I have a home in heaven right now. There is joy in the journey. Rebecca didn't say to the servant, I sure hope this will give me joy. I sure hope this will give me peace. I sure wish I knew how to find all these things. Friend, this gal got the wealth of Abraham through the distribution of his son and the servant. And you and I have the same thing. You and I have what we need. Now, why don't we enjoy it? Because we don't think about it. Take your Bibles and go to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Verse 5 is where we're going. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Well, let's back up and look at verse number 1. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill you my joy that ye be like-minded. Now think about that word, like-minded, or have a mind like somebody else. Having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strive or vainglory. But in lowliness of mind, let let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things. The servant never did talk about himself. He kept talking about Abraham. He kept talking about Isaac. Look not every man on his own things. Had the servant talked about himself, she may have gone home. But he had her excited about her, her groom. He had her excited about Abraham the father. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant who was made in the likeness of man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. You know what Jesus did? He yielded to the will of the Father. 
You know what? You know what Rebecca did? She yielded to the servant. She didn't know where she was going other than what the servant told her. I don't know everything about heaven other than what Jesus told me in that book right there. I haven't seen it. I just read about it. I haven't heard it. I've just read about it. Oh, but friend, I'm excited about that. In fact, I'm so excited about that that I want to do the will of God on the journey. He said, let this mind be in you. Quit looking for peace and start looking for the will of God. Listen to this statement. The servant wasn't on a mission to give away the wealth of the father. He was on a mission to find a bride. He was looking for someone that was willing to be a servant as she was. If more of God's people spent more time acting like the bride of Christ rather than a friend of the world, they would enjoy more of the gifts that he's given to the bride from the Spirit. Take your Bibles and go to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. If more of God's people spent more time acting like the bride of Christ rather than a friend of the world, they would enjoy more of the gifts of the Spirit which are for the bride. James chapter 4, the Bible says this, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your own lust, even of your lust, that war in your members. You lust and have not, you kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. Then he says this, You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, You say, well, he's not talking about me anymore. Well, he might be because he's not talking about the unconverted immorality of the world. He's talking about the child of God that spends more time with the world than they do with the bride. Rebecca didn't say to the servant, I'm going to go over here uh, to Moab and have a little party tonight. I'll meet you back along the journey. No, sir, she walked with the Spirit. She walked with the servant. And if you want to walk with the Spirit every day, you won't have to look for peace. You'll have peace on the journey. You won't have to look for joy. You don't have to look for all of the fruit of the Spirit. You'll have it on the journey. It comes from walking in the Spirit. Paul wasn't looking for the gifts of the Spirit. He was looking to meet the needs of the Master. And as he met the needs of the Master, every gift of the Spirit was available to him. I don't know about you, but I like that. It's a great motivation to serve the Master because of the gifts. But I don't have to look for the gifts. I just have to say, Lord... What is it that you want me to do? What is your will for my life? And as I do the will of God, he gives to me. The fruit of the Spirit is born in my life. I'm not going through life trying to find joy somehow, somewhere. I've been on this Christian journey 20 years and I'm trying to find joy. I got joy when I started walking with the Spirit. I got got all of the blessings uh, uh, that he offers in Galatians chapter 5. And this week we ought to decide, I'm not looking for the blessings, I'm looking for the needs of the master. And as I live for the needs of the master, the blessings of the spirit, they belong to me. The problem with many of us as Christians, we're like the woman who's in love with the gifts of the husband rather than the husband of the gifts. That's a foolish thing. 
Be careful. Don't let your love transfer to the blessings. Stay in love with the blesser. Now think about it. We've, we have many blessings, don't we? We have many blessings. God's given us blessings. He's given us family. He's given us a place to live. He's given us food to eat. He's given us a church to serve God in. He's given us so many blessings. But wait a minute. It was he who died in my place. It was he it was he that gave up his wealth so in my poverty I could have his righteousness. I'm going to heaven on his name, on his ticket, on his price. I still don't have any works of righteousness. Not only did he forgive me of my sin, he gave me his righteousness and I'm going to heaven. I want to stay in love with him. Yes, I enjoy the blessings. Yes, I enjoy the good things of the Spirit of God. Ah, but listen, I want to guard this old heart and mind to make sure I stay in love with the blesser. You know what the children of Israel would do? God would bless them and they would forget the blesser. And they would then try to manufacture the blessings. You know what they did? They said, boy, if we can do this much in six days, just think what we could do if we added the Sabbath day. God said, now wait a minute, wait a minute, that day belongs to me. I know, Lord, but look how much we've produced in six days. If we worked on a Sabbath day, Lord, we could produce even more. We'd have more. God said, now wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm the blesser. Lord, we know what we're talking about. I've got this all figured out. I've got it all written down. I know if I plant more seed and I work on the Sabbath, and so they did. They profaned God's holy day. They didn't give the Sabbath day to God. And God said, all of, God, all of a sudden, he said, all right, that's the end of it. You're not only gonna, not going to work on the Sabbath, you're not going to produce anything on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. You're not going to. Because, you see, it's not the blessings, it's the blesser. Let's just focus on being the bride this week. We've got a mighty good groom. He'll take care of us. He'll meet your need. He'll give you the love and the joy and the peace and the long-suffering and the gentleness and the meekness and the temperance. He'll give you all of it if we'll just focus on being the bride. Are we going to walk in the Spirit this week? How about when we get in the car alone or truck alone and turn on the radio and the Holy Spirit said, Now, I've got, I've got a station I'd like to listen to. And the flesh says, but I've got a different station I want to listen to. I don't know about you, but I want to keep the blessings and the blesser riding close by. Stand with me, if you will. The gifts are for the bride. He wasn't looking for somebody to give the gifts to. He was looking for a bride. And when he found the bride, she got the gifts. Heavenly Father, help us today to know that you're the one that we should be and work to stay in love with. Our flesh is so weak and it's so deceptive. Our heart is highly deceptive. And sometimes we foolishly reason, Lord, that we could produce more if we would just take more of the time that belongs to you and the things that belong to you and use them for ourselves. Oh, but Lord, help us to know you're the one that holds all the wealth in your hands. And we need to just focus on being a good bride. Help us this week to apply this truth 
to our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.